Welcome to Prompted by Nature, a weekly podcast that explores the connection between nature and creativity through storytelling. Each week, we'll dive into heartfelt conversations with the humans working in and with nature to support our planet and the creatures, including us, that inhabit it. Each conversation is punctuated by a meditation and writing prompt created by me, Helen, a meditation teacher, writer and outdoor creativity guide to help you to explore the issues and topics covered in a more meaningful and creative way. Because when we allow ourselves time and space to deeply listen and connect, we bring ourselves closer to a place in which we can truly live prompted by nature. Hello my love, welcome to series 2 episode 11 of Prompted by Nature. How are you? How's this week been for you? I'm not going to lie, this full moon has had me all over the shop. Uh, That of course and the fact that we have a new housemate where we are. Uh, So we're overwintering a baby hedgehog who is called Carrie, who was very poorly and underweight when she was found in a garden nearby on Halloween. Get it? Carrie? Halloween? Get it? Uh, and is now too young to hibernate. So lovely Carol, who runs our local hedgehog rescue group and who's been amazing in helping me and advising me in setting up the Benfield Valley project, asked if I wanted to look after her now that she's doing a bit better. Suffice it to say, it feels like a huge responsibility, especially with hedgehogs being on the threat of extinction uh, list. Uh, But she's settling in well and me and the kids love her already. Uh, I'll keep you posted as the weeks go on as to how she gets on. Anyway, on to today's conversation. So in this episode, I speak with Anita Bagdi. Anita is a self-taught freelance illustrator, a book lover, coffee addict, mum of two beautiful girls and a worried warrior of climate change. She loves creating mood, capturing everyday feelings, finding different, sometimes funny ways of telling stories and showing beauty in colour or in black and white. In this episode, we discuss Anita's inspiration and how she got started in illustration, her art as a way of understanding her eco-anxiety, the conversations that her art brings up with her children, her personal connection to nature and her memories of her childhood in Hungary, her creative process and how she stays inspired, her connection to Mothers Rise Up and Parents for Future and how this has influenced her creativity, her hope for the future and what her journey has taught her and what she would like to pass on. As I mentioned in the conversation, I first connected with Anita through the parent climate change group Parents for Future, which we both joined at the same time and were then part of the group who worked on the open letter to Boris Johnson calling for a green recovery earlier this year. Anita shared a few things about her artwork in the WhatsApp group and I followed her on Insta and was immediately enamoured by her use of colour, structure and the powerful messages about our natural world and her creations. You can find Anita over on Instagram at AnitaB underscore art or on her portfolio website where you can also find the link to her shop www.anitabagdi.com 
And as always, I'm over on Instagram at prompted.by.nature or on my website www.promptedbynature.co.uk where you can find a link to my Etsy shop, gift vouchers for my in-person outdoor retreats and creative writing sessions, as well as information and bookings for my Monday night online nature-inspired meditation and creative writing sessions, which I am absolutely loving at the moment. They are just the most wonderful thing. Uh, Not that I'm biased, but the people cup that come it's it's just been really wonderful so I really hope you can make it sometime please do give the podcast a five-star review if you have time and share with your community on social media or in real life thank you to those who have already done this it's making a huge difference in getting the meditations writing prompts and most importantly these voices out there remember to stick around until the end when I'll give you a little hint at the meditation and writing prompt that follows this episode happy listening and I'll speak to you after So I'm, a, I'm an illustrator. Uh, I mainly illustrate children's books, but I also do um, other funny illustrations for uh, group books for adults. Mainly, these are mainly well-being books. Um, and also uh, I just illustrate for myself, <laughs> just uh, uh, getting my thoughts on paper or now that I work, uh, since I work digitally, I work on my iPad a lot. So, um, um, and also I do some environmental art as well. Uh, this is kind of something new to me because I just uh, found out recently that that's something that helps me with my eco-anxiety as well to channel my worries or my hopes mm-hmm. as well. Um, Yes, I'm also a mother of two girls. They are four and seven. Um, and that's also a very significant part of my everydays <laughs> and affects my work, affects my feelings and everything. And uh, you probably see, even if you, if you never met me before, but if you look up my art, I'm kind of like an open book. <laughs> no, in, in real life, I'm not. But when it comes to... Uh, just expressing myself uh, through art then uh, then it just happens I don't know how it's just it's just many many deep thoughts just come through my pencil basically Mm. (laughs) and um, and you uh, funny enough because quite a few friends of mine say when we don't meet for many months they say that, oh, I've seen you doing this with your girls because I've seen this illustration or that, you know, so they kind of know how I am just mm-hmm. by looking up my posts on, on social media. Uh, yes, and um, I'm originally from Hungary. Uh, that's where I was born and that's where I grew up. I came to England uh, about 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, yeah, my husband is Hungarian as well. Uh, my children are bilingual, uh, and they and uh, um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I was wondering, as you were talking about, um, you know, your your illustration and your art. How did you how did you start with the illustration? How did you get into it? How did you find your way into illustrating? Um, I I was about six years old when I I decided in my head that I want to be an illustrator and an author Mm -hmm. Uh, the author side of me never came out yet (laughs) 
<laughs> so I don't know about that, but I know that I always drew and uh, uh, all my friends, they always knew me as, as, as the person who is drawing all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, oh, Anita, Anita is the artist, Anita is drawing. Uh, and uh, and uh, that was, you know, when, when anyone asked me like, oh, what's your dream? I always said, oh, I just want to be an illustrator. When I was a kid, I want to be an illustrator and I want to illustrate children's books. But then um, as I got older, uh, I just drifted away from this dream mm. and I drifted so far that I actually felt that I'm suffering, that I still did the daily doodles, but it always felt that, oh gosh, this is what I'm missing so much. I could do this like from morning till evening. Uh, I, and then I was doing, I was in a completely different job, which I also enjoyed, but that wasn't hundred percent me. So, uh, then when I really burnt out in this job, uh, oh, actually before that I had a friend who, who was very patiently listening to my complaints. And then one day she, I think she had enough of me. And then she said, so just start doing something. If, if you want to be an illustrator, then start a blog, put your drawings up or, and then basically within a week I started a blog (laughs) and I started to put my illustrations up there and not just keeping it for my drawers and uh, so that was a good kick from her actually I'm still very grateful and then um, I still was in I still was doing a different job and uh, um, I burned out enough to come to the point and say that okay I I just have to have to work even more on this dream. And uh, I didn't even know what I was doing, to be honest. I was just going with the flow. And I said, okay, I, I will create a job for myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I did. I, I, but obviously in between I had my girls. Mm-hmm. So I was on maternity. And I think for many, many moms or parents of my age maternity is a time when you actually start looking inside Mm. and discovering what you really want to do Mm. and i'm grateful for this time these times and uh, and these times i actually started to work on my dream a little bit more and uh, to be honest uh, there was another kick two years ago when i did a course because until this point, I was just doing uh, illustration as a hobby, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, let's illustrate a book. Let's, let's create a book with a friend or another one. And I didn't think of it even more seriously. And then just a couple of years ago, I did a course and that kind of got me into more digital drawing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then ever since I, I, I tried to make a living out of this. What, and obviously I'm enjoying it. So I'm, I'm trying to keep, keep it uh, in, in the field that, okay, I'm, I want to do something that I enjoy mm. <laughs> still as much as possible. Mm. So I'm, I'm very lucky, I have to say. Uh, yeah. Mm. But it, it, it's, uh, it's also, I think, a, man, a, a journey inside my head that to accept that, because it's just so hard when someone asks me even nowadays, oh, what do you do for a living? Um, I'm, I'm not sure if I should say that I'm illustrating because everyone thinks it's always so cool and everything. But obviously, as every other job, it has uh, so many 
uh, obstacles and you know so many um, mental blocks uh, that you struggle with on a daily basis and uh, but of course it's an amazing thing to do yeah <laughs> and it's quite good it's quite good because it's flexible around my children so that's that's again an amazing thing mm. that's something we've spoken about on the podcast before actually and I find it really interesting how so many people when they have children there's like this reassessment of okay where am I going what do I really want to do you know we all have to earn a living but there comes that like little glimmer in the background of what almost like um yeah how how can I how can I do something that's like fulfilling and and creative it's such a creative time I think and actually this is a question I was going to get onto later but because you were talking about kind of um you know motherhood and stuff I was thinking about I was looking at your website and looking at your artwork and I was thinking about this idea of legacy and kind of leaving something behind mm -hmm. and when I look at your work especially the more the stuff that's in fact to be honest it all feels like it's um as you said a kind of weighing way of making sense of everything that's happening at the moment like eco-anxiety and things like that um do you feel like it's it's a kind of legacy for your children like a kind of you putting something out there that's almost like a way of changing something or changing the way that people might think of something um I'm, I'm not sure to be honest because many times uh, I, I don't know how to explain it it's just I don't at the beginning I don't really think much about what I'm gonna create and many times I don't even know what's gonna happen when my pencil touches the paper you know it's just it's just there is an urge that wants to come out and mm. just I have maybe I have well, many times I have one idea but then the final outcome is come something completely different. Mm -hmm. So I just do loads of uh, deleting, erasing, you know, then, okay, not this one. Not, and then many times uh, it's just something completely different, uh, uh, the final illustration. But um, to be honest, it's, I just feel that right now it's more me digesting my feelings. Mm -hmm. So I'm not, and then I just know that I've learned recently, I realized that the, uh, everyone is so visual and illustrations can tell stories or any stories, you know, whether it's a song, a book, whether it's writing or, or visual illustrations, they are so powerful because it touches, you know, the people. And I realized that the people who like my illustrations, who can connect to them, they are also, they see these feelings, you know, and then that's, that's in everybody, mm. you know, when, whether you are, it, it's the, these are the feelings probably when you stop and look around, when you, when you stop and look inside, or even if you don't look inside, but you all know these feelings, mm -hmm. you know, or you all can connect to it mm. or even if you're a mom or even if you're a parent or or hopefully with the children's books when you're a child you know so it's just so it's I think it's not maybe it will be something like a legacy later on but mm -hmm. right now I'm I think I'm just 
I'm just digesting and I'm just learning as well how to how to deal with with all these feelings and thoughts and anxieties you know and uh, and then maybe in 10 years time these illustrations will turn even more um, I don't know cheerful or hopeful I don't know you know what I mean so it's it's kind of I just I just uh, draw as I go basically and my seven-year-old she is really interested in what I'm drawing and uh, she's always curious and wants explanation to these and obviously she she luckily she doesn't suffer from eco-anxiety but she <laughs> she is really uh, cautious about her environment and nature um, but she always wants to understand what's happening what's the story you know and uh, and uh, she's she she really likes them and she, she's <laughs> she's quite an inspiration and quite a good motivation to create another one and then another one and also i think when you see an illustration it always makes you think even if you are not um, really connected to climate actions or 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 any any anything it's just illustrations or any visual visuals can be so powerful that make people think and I'm not sure if they teach anything, but they are there, like many other stories, you know. And and um, it's it's always nice to know that people can connect to them. And do you find that it um, brings up some quite nice conversations with your daughter? Because I feel like um, what you do, you sort of mentioned that it, it it's you processing, and and maybe one day it will be hopeful. I I actually find your art quite hopeful, even if um that's maybe not that's not intended in the sense of oh i want people to feel hope as a result of this but for me it's like there is somebody else that feels the same way that i do and there's mm. like hope in the strength that comes out of that do you know what i mean like yes yeah and, and i wonder if those what sort of conversations come out with your daughter when when she is curious about what you're um, she is um oh uh, she's we call her sometimes she's an old soul you know <laughs> she she has some amazing thoughts in her head and um the conversations we talk about are um we live by the sea um or very close to the sea and uh, loads of times about animals you know the sea sea creatures how they um, um, how they suffer by by the actions we do, or maybe we don't even know that we do. You know the the human waste and um, and uh, the huge amount of plastic plastic we have in our lives, and uh, and then what we can do about it. And and I'm quite honest to her, and I tell her that I'm worried. Um, you know, uh, it's not just my illustrations. I show her other illustrations and animations that are made for kids uh, to start conversations about what what we can do. And then it's actually quite easy uh, to to think twice. You know, when we go to the shop and then look what 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 are the products uh, wrapped into, you know, or if we go to our birthday parties, what can we do? And she really enjoys to have uh, uh, birthday parties without balloons, for example, because she knows that that's, 
that's something we can do without and do like paper decorations and uh, you know little things and uh, it's just uh, the conversations goes can go so far and then she obviously when she sees me worried then uh, then she worries as well so I try and the many of these illustrations you wouldn't think I started something angry shocking uh, or really sad and then and then as I was just sketching I was re-sketching 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 again until I got to the point that it, it's a, it's a more hopeful one you know so that's that's a process of of coming from one feeling to another and maybe maybe in my sub subconscious it's something about my children as well mm. um but but um um yeah and she she also uh asks about about how how people don't understand this mm. why not everybody you know because obviously we've um, i don't know we try to pay attention and uh, and be cautious about our environment and what's around us and then she sees other people not being cautious and uh, that again raises more questions and uh, and she doesn't understand why why it doesn't why people don't understand <laughs> and um, and then you know it's just like like children but um, we try to just explain that sometimes it's just enough if you you do the right thing or something that's more positive then after a while people maybe start copy you mm. and uh, you don't always have to convince them because sometimes that doesn't work mm. yeah do you know it's really interesting listening to you talk about that because my daughter and the conversations that i have with my daughter because my daughter's six are right. almost exactly the same is oh like, really <laughs> yeah i don't want to pass on that feeling of like anxiety to her and it is more about like well these are the things that we do because this you know and this is why and if we we live near the beach um down in brighton if we go to the beach and we see some plastic now she she will always say mummy there's some plastic here okay well i've got my bag we'll put it in the bag and and i think it's such a powerful thing to be able to um, influence our children's actions in a way that it's not, they're not acting out of fear or anxiety. Yes. They're acting yes. out of, this is just how things are and this yes. is how we behave. You know, it's like, um, because I, I don't know if you've done that. I haven't had that conversation with my daughter yet about like, we might all be doomed. <laughs> we haven't, <laughs> haven't had any kind of a conversation like that. It's always about like, you know, we want to look after the animal, you know, like the sea creatures, like you were saying, because sometimes they get tangled up in, in plastic. We don't want the plastic to get in the, in the ocean. And it's really interesting seeing them like make sense of that. I mean, my, yes. my son's four, you've said you've got a four year old. Yes. So yeah, my son's only four. So for him, it is just like, we just put the rubbish in the bin and yes. yeah, but yes. I think as they get older, they do start to become a bit more, um, yeah, I guess curious is the word, or just more open to those conversations. I think. Yes, yeah, and I'm I'm just amazed, like how, how, how all these uh, negative actions don't make sense to them, mm. like as children. I mean, 
uh, like last year, my, uh, my daughter, she asked me, I think it was around Christmas as well, that, that who is in charge of the world? It's like, oh gosh. <laughs> and then, and then, before as well. <laughs> and then she said like, mom, is, how did she ask, is the Dalai Lama, Jesus and Santa in charge of the world? <laughs> and I was like, wow, okay, how do I answer this? And I said, well, unfortunately not. And then she was like, why not? <laughs> and, you know, to answer this question is just, mm-hmm. there's so much thought behind it, you know, yeah. like, right, okay, so why, are, you know, why aren't those people who see things the best, you know, I think in her mind, mm-hmm. why aren't they, why don't they have more power? Oh, I don't know. And yeah. then it obviously it starts loads of conversations about mm-hmm. everything. And that's why we always say that she she's probably an old soul because <laughs> because the questions she asks are like amazing actually, and that's why she she it took her um, quite a while to understand that not everyone sees the world the same way, you know, and some people don't think twice, and which is fine, but maybe they need more time to get mm. to the point, and you know. So it's, it's really interesting. Yeah, well, that's why it's, it, it's amazing, I think, that being a parent can put everything in such a different perspective mm. when you look around the world. It's, it's not just your future, it's their future as well. Mm. Um, so kind of, I want to come back to the kind of parents for future stuff, but um, just focusing on your own connection to nature, Firstly, do you have like a first memory of nature? Because nature is quite a big part of not just the whole, you know, climate change thing, but just nature as, you know, it features very heavily in what you do. And there's, there feels like there's always this like sense of the natural world. And I wondered if you had a first memory of your connection to the natural world or just being in the natural world. Um. It's not like like one exact memory I could talk about. It's just I, I grew up in a small village and everything around us was nature. Mm. You know, uh, it was, uh, uh, we had, my, my father used to work on a farm. So we were surrounded or, you know, we were surrounded by animals at home, like, um, like pigs and uh, and chicken and uh, cows and that was just around like in our garden as such we and and then my father went to a farm to work so that was a different location where there were horses and everything so that was that's how I grew up you know it was uh, it was uh, natural and then we always were out in the forest for walks and uh, and uh, and our garden was, our vegetable garden was like every, every Sunday when we had our family meal, my mom just asked us, oh, can you bring the onion, the carrots um, from the garden? There is the potato in the, in the bag at the backyard, you know, so it was all, everything was from our garden. Mm. And I, I never knew, now I know that I'm a grown up and that, that we were like organic kids. <laughs> you know, we, everything was just just growing in our garden, everything we ate, um, um, all the animals we had around, we had pets, you know, dogs, cats, um, our summer 
summer holidays were about. I had have a brother and it was always about jobs that we had to do. Like, okay, there are the cherry trees, the plum trees, and we had the job just to, you know, get all, all the fruits in the basket by the end of the day. Um, or we always had to look after the animals to give them water in the middle of the day while our parents were away. So it was just always there. Mm. So that was my childhood. You know, it was always, always with animals and always just being outside. And uh, yeah, it, it was just natural. And then when I grew up and obviously went to the city, uh, then I came to, we lived in London and even when we lived in London, we were just constantly looking for the green areas during the weekend, you know, and then we, we would, back then, uh, my boyfriend, now my husband, we were just like, why are we doing this? We should actually live somewhere that's always green. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I think it's, it's something that you do without thinking. <laughs> so it's not a pro, not like a... Um, okay, now this weekend I'm going to connect to nature. It's just mm. constantly there. And mm. we are lucky because we have a garden as well. So it's just, just constantly there. And then it would, I, I can't imagine without it. Or, or even when we lived in London, it's just parks. So mm. London is a very um, lucky in terms of having so much green. <laughs> yeah, just, isn't it classed as a forest? I think London is classed as a forest because it's got so... I think the density of trees per head. Oh, really? Classes wow. it the forest. Yeah, I read that somewhere. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to look it up. <laughs> yeah, I remember. So I, 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 I can't recall as a first memory. It was just mm. always there. And it's always a significant part of, of I don't know, we are part of nature. And, and, you know, it's like when you're a child, you can't find the word. You can't really describe it. You're just there. Mm. <laughs> and you just you just automatically connect I think mm. and is there a uh, I don't want to say like your favorite kind of natural space but is there a space in which you feel at your most creative so maybe if you feel a bit blocked you go to a certain space or by the sea or in the forest is there or is it just anywhere um it's just it, it it's not a favorite a favorite place is normally one in my head <laughs> so if i if you know when you do like some guided meditation and you want to find a place yeah. you know that you like there is a favorite place which is in a it's normally in a park in a hungarian town and there is one tree and then somehow i can't really explain why but i always go and sit under that tree you know and <laughs> uh, but um but as such, a sea is always, that's just amazing. Mm. You know, it's, it, that's, that's always brilliant when we go down the beach. And, uh, and it's always different. And it's just fascinating that it never looks the same. You know, oh, it's yeah. the same water, never the same color, never the same waves, never the, the same shape of sand under your feet. Uh, and because we are, we are lucky, we live very close to the new forest. Um, oh, and, um, and then that's again, the walks are always refreshing. So when I'm blocked or when I'm just exhausted mentally, uh, a walk down the river or in the forest or going down the beach with the girls is always, it's just amazing. It just does 
does the best job. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And do you have, uh, you kind of mentioned earlier that you, sometimes you don't know what you're going to draw when you um, sit down to write. Do you have a process as such? If you do have an idea, is there a way that you um, take what's in your head onto the page or even gaining inspiration um, I'd love to know because I always look at people's art and I just because I, I can't draw for toffee I can write but I can't draw and I just love hearing about yeah people's like creative process when it comes to that oh it can be um, inspiration can come from so many sources it could be just one movement uh, I see you know like sometimes I see my daughter's like hanging upside down from the sofa, you know, or something. And I just find that really funny. And then I just think that, okay, I don't even think too much about it. It's just almost like a photo that your brain takes a photo and you remember. And then, and then maybe hours later you sit down and start to do something similar or Mm -hmm. something that catches that, that moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes, um, but it can be, that when we go out and I get inspired, I, I really like, um, you know, when you walk with toddlers and then you, the time just stops and it's just so slow that you actually look around and uh, the area we live, uh, it has loads of gardens. And so I just, we go walk really slow. I just like looking at the, the shape of the leaves or, or the patterns on, on, a, on the trees or, or anything. And then sometimes one tiny little thing can be added to the illustrations. And, and that's how I see that, um, that I, I can, that, that my style is not just changing, that there is always something that's adding to it because I see more, mm. but then, then I, I have to stop and see those things. Um, uh, I also, sometimes it's just a word and, or a feeling. Feelings are really, part, really strong in me, I think. And uh, I'm a, quite a highly sensitive person. And uh, the feelings and the human mind is fascinating me that how, how we are so the same and so different at the same time. And um, it can be anything, actually. Many times I just look at now that obviously it's... it's uh, we are uh, under lockdown. Um, like on, I use uh, Instagram or Pinterest as an online gallery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I kind of try to just uh, get lost in it for half an hour, look around and just see other artists, what, what amazing work they do or what colors, the colors they use. Oh gosh, this is amazing. It's what, and then I'm just trying to think, sometimes it's weeks after that, oh, I'm trying to create this mood. Maybe these colors would work really well, you know, and because I just remember that, that, uh, that sort of mood that, that really caught my eyes. Mm. It's, uh, uh, I also listen to podcasts or audio books mm-hmm. and then, and then fun, the very funny, well, it's not funny, but <laughs> the interesting thing is that I work a lot or draw a lot during the night when everyone is sleeping and it's yeah. quiet and I can, I can be just myself. And um, I'm, sometimes I'm so tired and in that state, I go so deep in my head 
that the things I bring up it amazes me the next morning, <laughs> mm. you know, and then you, I don't know, it's just like, wow, where did that come from? Yeah. You know, so it's just, I think it's the headspace that helps a lot many times to, to, uh, to create something that I don't even know what, what that's going to be. <laughs> uh, I'm, I've got one idea of, of drawing a girl maybe, and then it comes up with all these, like you mentioned, the autumn looking into into the pattern on the on the dress and the colors, and and then uh, just before I finished, I said, "Oh, let's just let's just give something in, in those hands, you know, just to give the story." So it's it's really just. Um, so I think it's just the everyday. So whenever I I try to realize things mindfully around me they stick with me mm. and then it's it's almost like you have your creative backpack and mm. then when it comes to creating then you just pull out a few things and oh actually I remember this oh I really like this one I had this 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 and then you add some add these together and and you've got the final <laughs> creative yeah. thing I love the idea of a creative backpack it's like little things you put in like almost like you go on a walk and like yesterday I took the kids for a walk in the forest and we were getting some stuff to make some some decorations for Christmas and yeah it's like you put a little thing oh we could maybe use that oh I'm gonna pop yes, that. Yeah. I love that analogy that's really lovely so we kind of first semi sort of connected or I kind of found out a bit about your incredible work through parents of future parents for future, because we were both working on the open letter to Boris Johnson. Yes. <laughs> um, earlier in the year. And I wondered if you could kind of talk a little bit about your connection with parents for future and then your artwork that's kind of come out of that, because um, there's the one, and I can't remember what you called it, but the, the one of the, is it the mother and the daughter looking underneath like a curtain? Oh yeah, for um, the new tomorrow uh, campaign. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. that. So yeah. I, I wondered if you you might fancy talking about yeah your connection to Parents for Future and and just what's come out of that for you in terms of your own creativity. I think it's all just being a parent. You got more uh, and uh, you got more worried about uh, the climate crisis and uh, you read the news you know and then it's uh, um, it's it's about your children's future you know it's something that you can't really ignore and uh, and uh, my eco anxiety became really bad and I, I, I reached a point that I um, I did everything I could in our household you know in our daily lives to to reduce the waste uh, to reduce our uh, uh, eco footprint you know everything I could and I still felt that it's not enough mm -hmm. you know I think quite many of us reach the point that okay what else can I do because it's it's still it's still I'm not sitting in a chair to bring decisions that actually takes things forward but on an individual level I can't do any any more things and I'm still worried so it, it became really bad because then I <laughs> I ended up like doing the school run and uh, you know, like in movies, that when when the camera always zooms into hands that the parents opened uh, uh, the chocolate bar in plastic wrap. You know, mm. they give they give the children um, the the juice with a plastic straw. You know, so all I could see, I I, I was always like going mad, 
like all I could see that plastic everywhere no one cares you know and then how come they are laughing they are enjoying themselves you know because <laughs> it's it's just so it's just it's they are nothing you know so I was in a panic state basically and um and then uh, I started to I just to kind of help my mental state I started to read parents blogs and uh, and articles about how other parents deal with this kind of feelings and then I think I think that's how I got into into mothers rise up and parents for futures these parent parent groups uh, who are who are working on and you know helping to make changes uh, with the environmental issues and uh, and obviously, I found them on social media. I connected them, and then I thought that um, I'm here. All I can do, I can draw. So if you want me to help with anything, I'm more than happy to do that. And it was—I think it was um, around the time when the pandemic started and the lockdown, the first lockdown started. So uh, we were quite. Uh, stuck and um, the visual help was something that uh, that they had to work on you know mm-hmm. just to just to have online presence and mm-hmm. uh, keep going mm-hmm. after all the shock and um, and then ever since we are still in in contact and uh, and then I realized that that's something that helps me as well that I can channel my worries, my fears, my hopes, my positive thoughts, you know, into my art. Mm. And I can, I, I, I started to, um, uh, to find what uh, Fridays for Future uh, group are doing online and join some of their campaigns, you know, and because I realized that I can, I can draw and I can, uh, these these visual stories are powerful you know yeah. people stop and think or just mm-hmm. ha- connect with that feeling and I thought that I can I can do I can do this and this one helps me to feel a little bit more useful in this mm-hmm. in this climate movement you know that because before that we used to march with the girls so we went to the streets here in Bournemouth where we live and um, and uh, obviously with uh, covid you couldn't do that anymore mm. so that was again i had to find new channels <laughs> to uh, to stay to stay active somehow mm. and then and then it was and then even um, now we we started to work on a on a christmas campaign with parents for future that probably will be seen soon cool. uh, on social media so it's it's some and then also I got connected that was also through parents for future global I think uh, with a lady and um, um, she she written a children's book an educational children's book on climate change and that will be a project we're going to work on next year amazing so this is all like yeah so it's it's all really great because uh, because uh, I just know that this is something right to do you know and then you just know that okay it has what you create has a good place and it goes into a good place (laughs) and I think there's something so powerful about finding a group who feel the same way because I know that that's yes I think I think we were in the same like introduction or welcome meeting with um oh were Were we uh, I think because I think that's how because then we joined the whatsapp group 
and then someone put a call out about the open letter and I I remember because I remember there was you and another lady Laura I think and we all we were all in the same welcome meeting we all joined okay. at the same time and then we all did the open letter and I can really identify with everything you're saying and for me that was something that felt quite active when we were all literally locked in and we couldn't do anything it was like well okay I'll just use what time I have to contact these people and try and get these signatories and it felt quite empowering to be part of that group I think and yes I'm gonna I'm gonna be working with them on the book group so it's like one of those things where like you know it all these avenues lead to something else and um when you were talking about you know oh I can illustrate I can do that that can be part of what I'm doing to help um I was in the first series of the podcast I spoke to a writer and illustrator um, she's called Tiffany Francis Baker and she was talking about this concept of creative conservation and how sometimes it feels as a as as a creative like oh I'm not really doing anything but actually and it's like you said the stories that you can tell through your artwork help to get people active and motivated and to feel less um uh that less that's of that sense of despair that we can all feel and and i think that's what i really love about and i've said that before is what i really love about what you're doing what you do is that although it comes from maybe some of it comes from this space of despair what comes out and what comes across on the page is just like wow this it just feels inspiring and hopeful and like there's all you know there's something else at the other side of this we can if we all push forward together with the same idea of you know view in mind and making sure our kids have those sort of you know let's be really um constructive and positive and push forward. yeah that's what comes out of your artwork for me and then that that's that real sense of like imagination of that kind of like what if and i don't know i that's yeah I just find that so powerful and that's what makes what you do so important I think um is that you're yeah. using your creativity to to do that and to to, mm. to help in that way I think it's so important um so there's a couple of questions that I tend to finish on and they always prompt different responses um so <laughs> firstly um do you have a hope for the future and if so what is it Yes, I do. I was thinking about this, uh, this uh, question. I didn't have to think a lot, but I was thinking that what is the real answer for me? Because there can be so many answers. But then I was really thinking that, um, that my hope would be, basically, is uh, just to have the opportunity or the chance to work on the future and what i mean by this is uh, i think we are really lucky to to join parents groups you know or to help with our eco anxiety to actually work on our children's future that way to send open letters to read blogs and you know articles but if you if you zoom out you actually see that not many countries 
have this opportunity. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the climate crisis is something that's not going to go away. Mm-hmm. It has, it needs loads of work from, you know, parents, politicians, from everybody, mm-hmm. because it, 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 just like this COVID, <laughs> you mm. know, it affects every single human being, you know, whether uh, rich or poor or wherever you live um, on the earth, it just affects everybody. And it's not going to go away just by um, uh, a new government, you know, nothing. And therefore we need to work on it. If we can work on it, I think there is a growing awareness between parents about what they can do. Not just parents, sorry, between anybody because young people as well and the the new generation. And I think there is, if when I look at the young people, how they fight, they do so amazing. What they do is just amazing. You know, if you look at Fridays for Futures, a future uh, is just absolutely amazing. how brilliantly they fight you know how brilliantly they communicate and educate the adults us grown-ups you know mm-hmm. and uh, but you also can read the news that many climate activists are jailed you mm-hmm. know or have some really um, upsetting stories in other countries mm-hmm. so i think my hope would be just to have the opportunity for everyone to work on this crisis if you have that uh, then something good is going to happen because there is a generation arch well there is already and our children are growing up with with a bigger awareness about their environment i think mm-hmm. and you know um they think twice what which we didn't you know when we were children when they go shopping or when they choose to buy a gift or or there are new traditions in families that goes around environments you know like uh like anything like even as i said the birthday balloons or not using wrapping paper so you know thinking of thinking twice basically and i think this is something that's growing but if you cannot do this uh, then obviously that will slow this whole thing down. Mm. It will happen some point, I think. Uh, but uh, my hope would be just give everyone a chance, and then, and then if there is a chance, I want to believe that many, many, many people will work really hard on this. Mm. And and uh, yes, <laughs> it's so true. I, as you were speaking, I was thinking about like this, like web this kind of network of because like you say not everyone has the opportunity to work on the future because they've got you know things in their country with, which become you know whether it's socio-economic whether it's cultural whatever it is they don't have that ex- they don't have that opportunity to work on it as they would if they had like you know um, opportunities that we possibly have and I always think it's about supporting the people that can't do it in the way that empowers them so that eventually they can, whether that's like, not in like a saving, you know, I'm gonna individually, I'm going to save the world. It's like, (laughs) you know, like allowing communities to make their own decisions, but supporting that, you know, it's like that kind of term of like, it's all in, we are all interlinked. And um, I often think, I just wish the governments could figure that out. (laughs) Yes, yeah. We can all be like, a step up for each other you know we can all say yes here's yeah. a little step ladder for you here's a little you know and when i need yeah. one, here's one you know it's like that kind yes of, yeah 
but I think we are we are our generation you know I think we are and even those who are like uh, teenagers or uh, young people now I think we are we are part of being a bridge to to our children you know Mm. so we probably I don't know because they grow into you know the 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 human human I think people they adapt so quickly so Mm. if children learn that this is how that how we celebrate Christmas or you know this way this is how we do shopping for Mm. example just in the everyday lives then then that's what they're gonna grow into you know and then and then that will be the new normal for them and uh, and then that's why our role is so important Mm, (laughs) I think and and then and then I I consider myself be like a very average person in many ways but but that actually helps me to connect to so many people you know Uh because uh, because so many people struggle with the same feelings or same thoughts and uh, and it's not just around parenting it's about it's about even the environmental issues or questions or thoughts, you know, mm-hmm. but, but it's definitely would be great um, to, to have more countries not being in, in denial when mm. it comes to environmental issues. Yeah. Absolutely. And recognizing that link between people and environment and social yes. and environmental, like it, there's that, you know, and I, yeah, I, 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 I really agree that it feels like there's like a disconnect sometimes. Um, and then, what has your journey taught you or your what journey in whatever respect that means to you whether that's as a mother as a human as an artist um that you would like to pass on to other people oh i think i'm still learning my lesson (laughs) 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 um i think just be nice (laughs) i think probably that's what i'm i'm also learning that that if you're nice, then you care. Mm. You care about yourself. You care about other people around you. You care about the environment around you. Uh, it all starts with just be nice and do do your best. Mm. And uh, I also, I also, what I'm trying to teach to my girls and teach myself <laughs> in the meantime is try to appreciate what we already have and not to complain or suffer about something that we don't have yet you know because i i i tend to fall into the trap that i worry about what we haven't done yet and not seeing that how far we've got already how many things i've done or you know how what achievement i already got to or or us as a family or or us as a as a country or just the human race you know it's a it's 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 good to stop and actually look around and just mm-hmm. appreciate that. Um, okay, we actually we actually done done a few things. There is more, but yeah. that doesn't mean there isn't. Yeah. But but it 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 just uh, yeah. It's it's good to see that something is happening. I think. Yeah. yeah. But definitely, it, I know it sounds so so simple, and I'm probably too idealistic in many ways i am actually but uh, but um i just uh, actually sometimes i think life is so simple you know and then it's really the answer is just be nice and care but then it's not this simple as everyone knows and i know that part as well but mm-hmm. but i think it can that that's what i learned that being nice and honest just 
brings so many things to you and you can bring so many things to other people with that. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Um, so before we finish, I've really loved talking to you, Anita. This has, has been so lovely. <laughs> Thank you. Um, before we finish, uh, can you tell people where they can find you? How can they, how they can find your beautiful artwork and buy it? And yeah, generally. Support. Okay. Um, I've got a website uh, with my portfolio and also my, a link to my online store. It's uh, www.anitabagdi, uh, so it's A-N-I-T-A-B-A-G-D-I dot com. Uh, and I'm also on uh, social media, on Instagram uh, and Facebook. Uh, and uh, my sites are called Anita B underscore art. I think yeah I thought I thought <laughs> I hope I remember that well and um, yes um, and I've got an online store as well with some sustainable art prints uh, I found an amazing printer who are really environmental cautious about uh, the the printing process the delivery and everything the wrapping so I'm incredibly pleased with them <laughs> and uh, and they are uh, they are printing uh, my art and my really high quality art paper. So they are just amazing with everything they do. Uh, so, so yeah, so my online store is, uh, um, uh, oh, I don't know by heart, sorry. Uh, but, but the link is, uh, link yeah, is on you the can Insta get page the and also my website page, yeah. so sorry. <laughs> yes, no, no, it's um, okay. It's hard to keep track of all of the dot coms and the webs. And the yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, yeah, and then you can find my, you can buy some of my illustrations. Uh, some of our, uh, or well, actually most of those in the store, they are not, not all book related. They are just... Um, just illustrations <laughs> and they are they are just beautiful um well thank you so much for your time thank you for your thoughts it's just yeah this has been a real pleasure it's been really lovely thank you Alan. thank you thanks a lot for inviting me <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. I found that conversation so inspiring and I hope you did too. The meditation and writing prompt that follows this episode is for you if, like me, you have bouts of eco-anxiety, as we'll be diving into the ways to help manage and move through this. Happy writing and I'll speak to you soon.